This is day 100 of our daily Bible reading, if you can believe it. Today we will be going through Psalm chapters 18 through 22. Lord God, thank you for bringing us this far on such a milestone. Being my first time reading the Bible from beginning to end, nonstop. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here and just growing us in wisdom and in encouragement to spend time with you. Lord, you are our strength. You are our shield. You are always there when we need you. You are always there to help. You're always there to lift us up and to remind us of your goodness. Please be with us as we go through our days, because the days are evil, Lord. We need your guidance. Please give us a firm foundation in your word as you guide us through it today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, and the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came to his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from out of his nostrils, and fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, with thick darkness under his feet. He rode upon the cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him. Darkness of waters, thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him passed his thick clouds hailstones, and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of water appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent them from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his ordinances were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. 
I was also blameless with him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyes. With the kind you show yourself kind, with the blameless you show yourself blameless, with the pure you show yourself pure, with the crooked you show yourself astute. For you save an afflicted people, but haughty eyes you abase. For you light my lamp, the Lord my God illumines my darkness. For by you I can run upon a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like hind's feet and sets me upon my high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand upholds me and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. I pursued my enemies and overtook them, and I did not turn back until they were consumed. I shattered them so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you have girded me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also made my enemies turn their backs to me, and I destroyed those who hated me. They cried for help, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them fine as the dust before the wind. I emptied them out as the mire of the streets. You have delivered me from the contentions of the people. You have placed me as head of the nations. A people whom I have not known serve me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners submit to me. Foreigners fade away and come trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation. The God who executes vengeance for me and subdues peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Surely you lift me above those who rise up against me. You rescue me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, O Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. He gives great deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. 
it rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, they are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. May he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. May he remember all your meal offerings and find your burnt offerings acceptable. Selah. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your counsel. We will sing for joy over your victory, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some boast in chariots, and some in horses. But we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. Save, O Lord. May the King answer us in the day we call. O Lord, in your strength the King will be glad, and in your salvation how greatly he will rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire, and you have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. But you meet him with the blessings of good things. You set a crown of fine gold on his head. He asked life of you, and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you place upon him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him joyful with gladness in your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the loving kindness of the Most High he will not be shaken. Your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath, 
and fire will devour them. Their offspring you will destroy from the earth, and their descendants from among the sons of men. Though they intended evil against you and devised a plot, they will not succeed. For you will make them turn their back. You will aim with your bowstrings at their faces. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy, O oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All who see me sneer at me. They separate with the lip. They wag the head, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breasts. Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me, a band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, and from the horns of the wild oxen you answer me. I will tell of your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord.
Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. There's something very relaxing about doing this with some heavy rain in the background. So if it bothers the sound of this in any way, I apologize, but it's very relaxing. But also it's just to realize that we've been coming this far and we're already at the 100th day of our journey. That's amazing to stop and think how far we've come. I mean, we're already almost halfway through the Bible when it comes to pages, in mine at least. Probably by the time we hit Isaiah, we'll be at the exact halfway point. But we have come so far, and I hope that through this journey we have grown in some way. We have matured. We have come to know the Lord better in some way, and we've come to know ourself in light of him. I love that we're in the Psalms because this is strictly a way to understand our human nature and how relatable humanity has been throughout the ages, but also to know who the Lord is and the opportunity to express our gratitude and just to praise and glorify his name. It's so beautiful to do. David was the best at it, as you can see. And so he's a great example to follow. So Psalm 18 is a Psalm of David. This is a victory song that he spoke when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And so he spent a long time just showing everybody what wonderful things God has done in his life, as well as what he does to all who trust him. And that's important to know, because if we're not sure how God responds to us, this kind of tells you right here what he does. Now, a lot of this language is anthropomorphic language. It's not literal, okay? Because again, he's a spirit. He doesn't have eyes. He doesn't have wings. He doesn't have physical features. But this is just to help describe how the Lord interacts with us in a way that is not only poetic and beautiful, but also in a way that we can understand it. In verse 13, he's referred to as the Most High. In Hebrew, this is El Elyon, which is a term that is often used to describe God's strength and his power. So, we've seen this name before in Genesis, but it's been a while since we've seen it. But this is a name that we will see every so often. This is to accentuate his power as God. We see all these beautiful descriptions of who God is and how he reacts to things. And most importantly, verse 46, the Lord lives. He is the living God. 
He is not an idea. He's not a concept. He's not an image. He's not a creation of our own hands. He is the Lord God. Blessed be my rock. Exalted be the God of my salvation. Absolutely. He is to be blessed. And he is our rock. He is the only thing that is firm, and he's the only thing that doesn't move when things happen. Chapter 19 is a hymn of praise, and we see some beautiful things here about God. Beginning in verse 1, the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hand. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Again, this is what is described in Romans chapter 1, right? We talked about that last time. How the creation, the invisible attributes of God, are clearly evident to where those who are sinners know that He exists, and they are without excuse. And they have chosen to defy Him. It's a choice. And then we see these sixfold descriptions of God's special revelation to who he is. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. You're going to see, I mean, it doesn't really clearly say in the in the Bible who wrote it, but Psalm 119, the longest psalm, longest chapter in the whole Bible, which, just fair warning, I know that it's going to be a long reading, so I have purposely chosen to only do that one chapter that day, because we're going to do one extra psalm for a few days to make up for it, but I want to spend time focusing on just Psalm 119. It doesn't say who wrote it, but I'm pretty sure it was David. Because you see the language very similar here to what is written in Psalm 119. May this be our prayer as well. Who can discern his errors, being ourself? Who can, do we have the self-awareness to recognize our own faults and our own mistakes? Acquit me of hidden faults, and also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Presumptuous sins being things that we have deliberately done against the Lord. But what he's talking about in verse 12 is being protected from sins of ignorance. There's a difference between sins of ignorance and sins that are intentionally done. Neither of them should be among us, of course, but the Lord shows his grace by forgiving us for sins of ignorance. But the things that truly sever our relationship with God and damage it is the ones that we intentionally do, deliberate sins, whether they are passive, active, one-time thing, continuous patterns, doesn't matter. These things need to be removed from our lives, and only he can do that with us. It has to be our choice as well, but he also gives us the ability to make that choice. I love this verse so much. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, what comes out of me and what is inside me, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, 
my rock and my redeemer. It needs to be evident, right? Because what does Jesus say? From the overflowing of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So if our heart are, is filled with bitterness and anger and malice, that's what's going to come out. If our heart is filled with joy and peace and love, that's what's going to come out. May what is inside of me and what comes out of me be acceptable in God's sight. And I hope that we can all agree that's the goal for us. We should be pursuing that daily. Chapter 20 is considered a royal psalm, and David is praying for victory in battle, and he is praying that the Lord will bless the kingdom of Israel, recognizing that the Lord is their king. Not him, but God is the king of Israel, now and forever. And that is important to know. Chapter 21 is another royal psalm, but this one is more of a psalm of thanksgiving, in where the godly can boast in the Lord, and how God has established his kingdom, and how he gets his people ready for his return. And partly this is a messianic psalm as well, where it is a prediction of some of the qualities of Christ, and some of the things that are literally fulfilled by him in this. And while this one is interesting in that manner, I think it was very clear what Psalm 22 was, wasn't it? The very first verse tells you right away that this was something that came from Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do we know why he said that on the cross? He said that because that was the first time in his entire existence, in for all eternity, that was the first time that Jesus Christ, the person of God the Son, was severed from the Trinity. He was separated from God because of the sin of the world. God cannot look upon sin, and so therefore he became our sacrifice, right? He absorbed the entire wrath of God to satisfy our sins. And that was the first time that he was separated and felt completely isolated. And so, of course, that was going to be his response. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But that's a very important thing to understand. And so it's almost like this entire psalm is Jesus himself. We know it's not, but, you know, David is describing his own struggles, but yet the language is exactly messianic as well. I mean, you see these things. I mean, I feel like I'm reading the crucifixion, don't you? I mean, upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. I mean, we think, think of Jesus with the virgin birth, right? You know, then he has all these bulls that surrounded me, strong people, people of influence that are convincing the crowds that Jesus needs to be crucified. They open their mouths wide at me, and like a lion, you know, they're saying all these nasty things about me. I'm poured out like water. My heart is like wax. My bones are out of joint, both literally and figuratively. My strength is dried up 
My tongue cleaves to my jaws because he was thirsty, right? Dogs have surrounded me. Band of evildoers has encompassed me. And that not that how it was at the cross? There was a crowd around him. Right? They pierced my hands and my feet. That is so specific. And crucifixion had not even been invented yet. Not for several hundred years. So, very interesting that his hands and his feet were pierced. Very literally. Such agony, you can imagine. You can count all my bones. They look and they stare at me because he was practically naked. And they had whipped him so hard you could see his flesh. They divided my garments and they cast lots for his clothing. And they did. They literally did. So you see a lot of the parallels between Christ in this and what David is going through. And so you know, we know, obviously, that the entire Bible is inspired by God. But you can see it more clearly in particular things like this. Then I like how you see near the end of the psalm, you start seeing things that are going to happen at the end times when Jesus returns. So like in verse 27, you see all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will worship before you for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. That doesn't seem like it right now because it hasn't happened yet. The whole world does not worship the Lord. But like we talked about last time, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, whether you're put down on your knees or you bow in submission. One way or another, by force or by choice, you will obey and worship the Lord at the end times. So why not cooperate, right? We have a responsibility, like it says here in verse 30 and 31. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. We have a responsibility to teach our children, to teach the next generation who God is. And if we're not doing that, then we're doing our families and those around us a disservice. And we are actually being disobedient to God's calling for us as, as parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles. We have a responsibility to share the gospel with our own family. Because we all can name immediately people in our lives who are not saved. And they're family members. If we're afraid to share the gospel at work, I mean, that's understandable, right? That's, that's kind of scary. And that's outside of our comfort zones. I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but that's reality, right? But isn't it harder to share the gospel with a family member? Especially since you don't want to offend them or you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you know they're wrong. So how do you handle that? You have to do it with boldness. What does Jesus say? It's like, for the sake of the gospel, you know, you'll be hated. Even by family, you'll be hated, if need be, for my sake. Let's not let that be a reason to be discouraged. As discouraging as it sounds, right? I mean, I don't want my family to hate me, but at the same time, who do I love more? Myself and my comfort? Or do I love the Lord? I have to make a choice. 
It shouldn't be a hard choice, really, if we are truly obedient to the Lord, unless our faith is superficial. Only you know that. Only you and the Lord know that. But I encourage you, do not abandon the Lord when it comes to our mission. When times get hard, it's so easy to run away, but stick with him. And I say this as a challenge for myself because that's the lesson I'm learning right now, is when things get hard, where am I going for comfort? And I hope it's for you it's the Lord. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.